Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The dream is made real. Ricky Howard the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over! Mamma mia! He's done it! Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko! Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Welcome back, fight fans, to the big fight reaction for the weekend's action that we've just seen. A new IBF cruiserweight champion in Jai Opitaya in what was a heroic performance by the Samoan. A brilliant, brilliant performance to outpunch, uh, out hustle, and beat Myrus Bradis. I thought that was a, a brilliant performance. And the fact that he had two breaks in his jaw on either side. So a break on either side of his jaw, on top of that fact, he was able to just out hustle Bradis. And Bradis. I felt like he got a little bit old overnight in this fight and he was beaten by a younger man. Johnston, what's your initial reaction to this? Because I know we both predicted, I know just before we go into it, I know we both sort of, we talked about Obitaya, didn't we? And we said there could be an upset here. But I think we both went with Bradis as sort of, yeah, Bradis, I think maybe he'll beat him down. is a younger man. He hasn't had that experience Bradis has had. And we kind of felt like Bradis would probably be the one that had come out victorious. But this is what boxing does, and this is what we love about it. Opataya, we knew was a great boxer, knew had the opportunity to go in there and cause an upset, and he's done it. And I think he's done it in a really good fashion as well. Yeah, he did. And, I mean, we did mention it. Opataya was a, a, a fighter that we had looked at, and we could see that he had a lot of ability. It was just the problem with us was the fact that he hadn't really had anybody put the pressure on him. And we know that Bradis is that man to do that. Um, he, he didn't quite manage to do it. He did it towards the end. But we did also mention the fact that if Opatia gets himself a, a substantial lead, that it's going to be difficult for Bradis to come back into this. And that's basically what happened. Opatia took the early exchanges very quickly. Um, there were a few rounds in there that he probably took that 
you know, that, that old cliche saying where you've got to take the title from the fighter, where I don't feel like there's a couple of rounds where he coasted through the rounds. Breedis tried to put a bit of pressure on him. So he sort of jumps in, doesn't he, Breedis? But Opatia, um he done he done enough on a majority of those rounds, but there were some that went to him that I still felt that Breedis, he didn't really take the title from Breedis, that, that famous saying, as I said. But look, he was the better fighter on the night. He deserved the victory. The fact that he broke his jaw, I think it was after the second round, um, and he managed to maintain it. It was only in sort of the 11th and 12th round that it was evident that he was in a bit of trouble and uh, Bradis put the pressure on him then. But it was too late by then and he held out of Pattaya and showed that, as we mentioned, that this guy is certainly a fighter to be looking out for in the future. Now he's a world champion, I'm sure many people will be. Well, Lawrence Coli was the first one to tweet about it. He was saying he wants that smoke if Jai Opataya wants that smoke. And of course he's going to want it because he'll have seen some frailties in the defence of Opataya, which was that he does tend to get hit a little bit too much, I think. I think definitely through the mid towards the late stages of the fight when it started to get a little bit harder and Brady started to work his way back into it. You could see, like I was thinking about Lawrence as I was watching the fight. I was thinking, Lawrence is a bigger guy naturally and he's got a longer reach and he's got that leverage in his punches where I feel like if he was to set himself right he'd, he'd land an Opataya and Opataya's clearly shown he can take a punch as well that's the other thing to mention this guy can take a punch and I think Lawrence Okolai would be looking at it thinking you know I can get through to him and if one of my bombs lands on him I think it's good now if he enter for him and I think that's probably what he's thinking now he's thinking well Brady's you know, he's out the window, he's an old man, let's look at Opataya. There's probably not as much value in the Opataya fight as there was in the Brady's fight, personally speaking. I think that's would have been better for a Coli in terms of the amount of money he might have pulled in off the back of it. Having said that, you know, it could still be the fact that Lawrence Coli could get this big fight and, and bring him over to the UK or maybe even travel to Australia for the fight. Whichever one would sell better would be the one that the promoters would work on, depending on who would get the fight, depending on you know whether it would go in Lawrence Coli's favour or it would go to the promotional company of Jai Opataya. But for me, it's a, it's a really good fight that needs to happen now. For me, Lawrence Coli, as we've said, hasn't got long left in the cruiserweight division. We want to see him at least at least unify two of the titles, if he can, before he decides to move up. I, I really question whether he'll be able to become an undisputed Cruiserweight champion. I genuinely don't think that will happen. But if he was able to at least unify two titles, you know, he could walk away from that division and move into the heavyweight division. And I'll have already achieved something in his career that's very significant that I'll leave a lasting legacy for him. But it's a fight I want to see now. You know, it made me more... It made me feel like someone like Opataya will come to fight a Coli and won't be scared of his power and, and won't back away from him. And that's what we want to see, someone who isn't scared to mix it up with a Coli. I think I'm not saying the others have been scared of him before, but what I'm getting at is that I think they are very cautious of his big right hand and the way he sets himself up. Well, I think Opataya, I don't think he'll fight like that. I think it would be a war between these two and I think it would be a case of whoever really lands first and hardest will have the upper hand and potentially win the fight if it's a really good shot landed. It's a great fight now, a really great fight for these two to be lined up for. Just give us your thoughts on, on that fight and, and also I'd like to know what you think about Bradis's performance and does he do anything next? Can he come back from this at his age of 37? Is there still time left for him to recapture a title? I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, the fact is, is with uh, Brady, I mean, for firstly, I mean, is there a, I haven't, I haven't heard no mention of a return fight, whether there was going to be a, 
a rematch clause within the contract, I'm sure. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was. The Men and these champions tend to have that. So whether Marius Brutus may have first dibs on having, having another go at trying to win his title back could be a possibility. I think the other thing is that Richard Riatbor is actually rated quite highly in this division. So we're talking about Lawrence O'Coley, but I'm sure the guys over in Sky uh, are going to really want to push Richard Riatbor to try and get a shot at Opatia. Um So it will be he's he's in a great position Opatia because he's going to get a lot of he's going to get Lawrence and he's going to get Richard two big fights. And it's a matter of does he go for the unification fight or does he look at giving uh, Richard Riatpo an opportunity, or is Breedis going to try and push for a rematch? Um, it's a difficult one, but it's good for for him. But in terms of uh, Breedis, I think that he, he's a slow starter. Yeah, I think the, the fellas that came over a little bit, uh, Breedis has giveaway rounds, and then obviously he's not been able to establish himself in this fight. We felt that maybe he could put a bit of pressure on Opatia late in the round, and we weren't sure what Opatia could take. And obviously, he's, you know, he's bust his jaw, and he's managed to uh, still fight on. I mean, that's an incredible achievement in itself against a guy who is very good on the inside. But as you said, as you did mention right at the top of the show, maybe 37 years of age. And I think maybe now he is starting to lose that ability to be able to force his way back into fights. I mean, that's, that's a possibility. So we'd have to see really what happens with Breedis and, and whether, where, what route he goes uh, later on after this. But I mean, look, all in all, very pleased for Opatia. And, you know, there's going to be money in Australia and there's money over here. It's just a matter of where he goes with it. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's going to be out of the ring for a while as well. That is the issue, isn't it? The fact that he's going to be out for a while. He hasn't just got one break. He's got a break on either side of his jaw. So that's going to be eight, nine months possibly out of the ring. Now, hopefully, the IBF don't strip him of the title. That'd be very unfair if they decided to strip him due to inactivity because that's not really his fault. That's happened. It's part of the sport. It does happen. Hopefully, then he will get his shot. You made made a really good point that uh, something I didn't really think about when initially talking about him fighting Nicole, I was Richard Riakpo, as you said, he's rightly really high up in the IBF rankings. Off the top of my head, I can't remember whether he's like number two, number three. Uh, he's definitely right up there, and I know that Sky Sports Ben Shalom boxer will be looking to push him into that position. And we have said this when we watched Richard Riakpo a few weeks back get his victory, and we said we need to move him forward. That could be their opening window for them to push for a world title. A bigger, a bigger fight for us as UK fight fans would be. Richard Riakpour as IBF champion versus Lawrence Okolai, yeah. WBO champion. Much, much bigger fight. A lot more to it, both from, from the London area, from different parts of the London area. And I think that would make for a much bigger fight. It would make like one of these great domestic rivalries at the world level that we haven't seen for, for quite some time, really. And I think that's, for us, that would be more valuable for us than seeing Opatia. But... I want to see Opatire again. I want to see him defend his title because I thought he was a great, great sport, a great boxer. He's got some adjustments he needs to make in the ring, of course, if he is to stick around at world level. But he is definitely a a fighter that, even though he hadn't had that step up, as we said in the preview, he's now proven by taking the biggest step up and becoming a world champion. And it wasn't just a case of, you know, he did it and he got lucky on the cards. For once, the cards were pretty much reflective of the fight, which I thought was really good. You know, the fact that it was quite close at the end on the scorecards, but it was a unanimous decision that all three judges saw it the same way, I thought was also great. Because Opitaya did clearly take the early rounds, the first five, maybe even 
six rounds. I think yeah. he maybe took them, and I think that's when Brady stepped into it, and I think there was one other round that I felt like he'd taken Opitaya throughout that last four or five rounds of the fight, and I think Brady was the one then getting the cleaner shots off, the one that was putting the work in. He was much busier in the fight in the second half, and that's why he clawed it back to that level. But the early advantage and the early times that he'd hurt Bradis was what won Opatire the fight. So, great victory for him. I really enjoy watching that fight. And I hope everybody got a chance to watch it because it was actually in Saturday afternoon here in the UK. I think it was around half one-ish, two o'clock maybe it started. And I nearly completely missed the fight, forgetting that it were on Australian time and that it was actually going to be in the middle of the afternoon. So, I was quite fortunate I managed to just get it on just in time to watch the fight, but it was great to watch. I didn't watch any of the undercar because, like I say, I just literally picked it up at the point where they were doing the ring walks, so I was happy to actually get the main fight on, but being quite honest... I wasn't that interested in the undercard. There was one highlight real KO, which was Isaac Hardman versus Bo Hartas, which I seen, which was a absolute skull-crushing finale. Absolutely fantastic punch that knocked out his opponent. That was about it. That is all I seen of that card. So I don't want to sit here and try to talk about a card that I haven't seen. So for us, I want to swiftly move on and talk about the Frank Warren card later that night, which was headlined with Joe Joyce and Christian Hammer. And Joe Joyce, the juggernaut, uh, as he as he calls himself, and has, he's got his own theme music coming into the ring, which is always uh, always makes me laugh every every time I hear him go, big juggernaut, big, big juggernaut. And it makes me laugh. And I just think to myself, just imagine Joe Joyce in the biggest fight of his career and he comes out with that big juggernaut helmet on, like, say, Wembley Stadium, or, like, even in America, coming out with that big helmet on and just, like, the big juggernaut song playing. I, I've got visions of it, but I just think it's hilarious. But but, he's, but you know why it's hilarious? It's because of his character, because he's such a laid-back guy. He doesn't really trash-talk anybody. It's not ingrained into him to be a trash-talker. He says he wants to fight people. I actually believe him. I actually believe he wants the fights that he's saying he wants. He wants to fight the Tyson Furies of the world. He wants to fight the Anthony Joshuas, even the Deontay Wilders. He doesn't care who they are. He just wants to fight them. Not saying he's going to do fantastic against them, but he's definitely going to be in with a shout of putting some pressure on these guys, and I would love to see any of them fights. Going back to this fight that we've seen on Saturday night against Christian Hammer, I knew exactly what it was going to be. It was going to be Joe Joyce beating down on Hammer into submission. I suppose the big takeaways from this fight, Johnston, was that, as always, Joe Joyce goes through that methodical style, which can be a bit slow and ponderous looking. He gets hit a little bit too much for everybody's liking because you know what's going to happen if he comes up against a massive puncher, someone like a Deontay Wilder. Would he put him out of there? Who knows? But he has got a granite chin, a cement head, is what I was calling him on Saturday night, watching him take some of them digs off Christian Hammer, who, to his credit, came and put on a show and came to fight. He was just beaten into submission by Joe Joyce. What do you think of that performance? And again, about the possibility of him having these big fights. He's mentioned them now. He's not got the fight with Parker. Hopefully that might come to fruition. But... In terms of them big fights, where he needs to be at this stage of his career and his age, does he win any of them? Does he have a chance of winning any of them? Well, I think the point that you made there is that he does have a really strong chin. But that being said, he hasn't been hit by any of the bigger guys. You know, he hasn't been hit by 
the likes of Joshua or Wilder or even, you know, Dillian White for that matter. Tyson Fury showing he's, you know, when he sits down on his shots, how much pop he's got. He probably, he could be one of the biggest punchers in the division if he really sat down on his shots as much as he does, as he has been. And we see that with that lovely uppercut against White. But I mean, with, with Joyce, it is a matter of, you know, you're never going to know until he gets thrown in the mix. And I think, you know, he's calling out, he, he wants to wait on the result of the Usyk Joshua 2 fight. And um, obviously, the talk has now been the Deontay Wilder fight, and, and it's a fight that Frank Warren feels that he should be able to get, and a fight that I'm sure he probably can, to be fair. I don't know if Deontay Wilder would want it, to be honest with you. It's, it's not really a big fight for him. He would have to come over here for it to really sell. I mean, people in America would love to see Wilder back in the ring against the legitimate fighter in Joe Joyce. They probably would fill out a, a smaller, sort of like the Barclays or something like that. You know, that they, they, I'm sure they'll get some bums on seats for it, make it you know, a pay-per-view pay event and it'll get broadcast over here. And I don't think Joe Joyce is the type of guy that's going to be worried if he does go out there. And as you say, he gets hit. He does get hit. But it's, can he can he withstand that pressure from, from someone like a, a Wilder? who is known to be that one-punch explosive fighter. Um, that would be interesting. But how much is, you know, when he when he is sort of throwing punches in combinations, Joe Joyce, although, as you say, he's a bit slow and methodical, he maintains that engine. He's got a fantastic engine. So if he can take Wilder sort of into the middle rounds to the end of the fight, I think, um, and stay away and avoid those big right hands... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I think Wilder would be up against it, but it's a fight I think we need to see. I think we need to see now where Joyce is. I thought we, we thought it was going to come against Parker. That didn't happen. Now, Parker, I believe, has gone and signed for uh, Sky now, I believe, is he? So... That fight's probably dead in the water now. So I think it makes sense to get Wilder, whether he goes to America or not. I mean, he's high as well in the rankings for the WBO. So he will be a number one contender for the winner of the uh, Usyk-Joshua fight. Um, and whether the WBO might strip Usyk before he then tries to get a, an even bigger unification fight, if he was to come through that, or Joshua. It's, it's, there's so many swings and roundabouts at the minute. But Joe Joyce has put his name in now. 
Uh, I mean, it was an easy victory for him. It was always going to be, Sean. We said it early doors. Joe Joyce is just going to break him down. And eventually, that's what he did. Well, he certainly broke him down indeed. He got that victory, got the KO in the fourth round. And on the undercard, as chief support to this fight, we were talking about what I would like to call a bit of a miracle man in Jason Cunningham going up against Alani Tete. And we knew he was going to be up against it. And we said it would yeah. depend upon what Salani Tete had left in the tank. And what he's shown us is that he's still got a lot left in the tank to give. And he's still definitely a legit world title contender. And I would like to see him in another big fight. For Jason Cunningham, commiserations to him. He's a great guy. I've said this in the preview. A really nice guy. But he was found out. There are levels to the sport and they always use the cliche saying this is the reason why there are levels to the sport because you have guys like Cunningham who exceed expectations, who lose the bigger fights of the careers. Then all of a sudden he has this resurgence in his career, comes up to a level of European and and looks to potentially move on into, into the rankings of the world titles, comes up against someone like Tete, former world champion who's moved up in weight, who's fighting the best that are out there. you've got to test yourself against the best and that's the one thing I'll say about Cunningham is I'll give him all the credit in the world for testing himself against the best but it was obvious from the get-go that Zelani Tati was uh, far superior in the ring to him and I could see Jason was to me it felt like he was just hanging in there with him he was doing his best to hang in there with him he was trying his best to not get caught but when it came it came and it came emphatically and there was there was no way once he got hurt the first time that he was going to be able to recuperate and come back. I knew as soon as he got put down by that beautiful shot, it was over for him. It was the beginning of the end, unfortunately. But for Tete, it was a big moment for him because he'd won the Commonwealth title and, and nobody from South Africa had won the Commonwealth title in this weight before. So it was a huge thing for him. He'd lost his mum a few months ago, which I wasn't aware of going into the fight. So it was kind of a nice moment. And we've watched Salani, as you've said, when he's been brought over here, he's beat Paul Butler. And we've seen him come onto the Frank Warren shows because he's got a good relationship with them. So it was an easy match to make, putting him on this card against Jason Cunningham. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if Frank's still got a bit of a finger in the pie when it comes to promoting Zelani Tete. And if he has, then obviously he'll be looking to push forward to get him into a world title shot again. And for Zelani, he'll be looking to scrub off that loss to Casimiro. And I think he'll be looking to win a world title again. If I'm Jason now, if I'm Jason Cunningham at this part of my career, I'd just be looking at what do I need to be in the sport for anymore? Do I need the money? Do I need to solidify my financial future? Or do I genuinely have the hunger and desire to try and push on again? If it was me in that position at this moment in time, I'd be thinking, well, I know that my level isn't that level, but that doesn't mean I can't make a good living for the next couple of years fighting at a slightly lower level, at the European level, because he's proven he's good enough at that level, winning the British Commonwealth and winning European titles. So there are other domestic fights out there still for him that could make him some good money. Absolutely. I don't think his career is over at this point. For Zelani Tete, world title all the way. It has to be a march to the world title. Commiserations, as we said, for Jason. But I enjoyed the fight. I enjoyed to see whether Jason could do it. But I was very impressed with Zelani. I was impressed with Zelani Tete as well. And and I do feel that when he did put him down the first time, I was actually surprised the referee allowed that to continue because he looked really bad. He looked on rubbery legs. And I didn't see the point in seeing that finish. It didn't need to happen. If the referee had waved that fight off, I don't think anyone barring Cunningham would have moaned about it at all. He was in a bad way. He didn't look right. He was staggering. 
You could see his eyes were, weren't right. And in the end, he goes and takes a huge knockdown and his head hits the canvas about three or four times as well. And literally he's out cold. It's, it was almost like it's, it's lovely to see him, you know, in, in that brute. It's a brutal sport and we do like to see these knockouts. And But I think it was a knockout that didn't need to happen. And uh, for Cunningham's sake, I feel like the referee let him down a little bit there. That's my honest opinion. Or even the corner just chucking the towel. Uh, just my opinion. Um, he didn't need to finish that way. But Tete, I mean, look, he, he's a class above. He is. And I know he, he, that Casemiro, uh, Casemiro, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, oh, fucking hell, I forgot. Casemiro, yeah. <laughs> it is Casemiro. It was Casemiro. That defeat, he, he needs to put that away. Uh, and I think this is the this is the victory for it. I mean, I can actually see that uh, Lamatai, Lama, Lama the other South African guy that's sort of in and around the division. I wouldn't be surprised if they head off to uh, Johannesburg and have a little uh, South African matchup there between Tati and, and Lamatai, and then look to them push on a little bit more and and try and establish himself in this division. He is a name. I'm sure. You know, some of the, the higher level fighters. I mean, like Stephen Fulton's and that Figueroa could be a good fight. Neary, I mean, they're, they're obviously um, MJ, but there's, there's, there are, there are levels, as we say. MJ and Fulton Jr., I believe they're the ones that need to get on. But in the Figueroa and Nero, they're the type of fights he'd probably be looking at. But for Cunningham, look, he's only 32. He's, he's rode that crisp of the wave and he's got to the highest point in his career. And there's no shame in what he'd done. He got to a situation where he could fight a guy of that talent and he come up short. That's his level. Uh, it's up to him if he wants to continue or not. It depends financially what gain that's going to be for him uh, in terms of weighing it up, financial gain or health. You know, you need to be counting your money a few years down the line. Well, let's move forward in that card then and talk about Mark Chamberlain's performance coming in at late notice to fight Mark Vidal. Really good fight. I enjoyed that one. That was the other fight that I really took a lot of interest in on this card. Seeing Mark Chamberlain step in 10-0 going in against Mark Vidal 13-2-5 in what was a performance which I felt like he was actually going to stop him in earlier on. He, he rocked Vidal on a few occasions, but Vidal is a fighter who has never been stopped and Chamberlain, well, he did his best to try and stop him. He just weren't able to finish the job and I think that's testament to Vidal and his strength and his heart and his integrity inside of the ring. It was great to see Chamberlain, though, step up in levels and that was again we, we always talk about levels uh, I bet people get really frustrated when we say that word levels but it's the truth you know it's like you go from from the domestic scene to fighting bigger fighters and Mark Vidal is a bigger fighter than some of the guys on the domestic team and I think it was a important step up for Mark Chamberlain taking this fight and getting that victory and that will give him all the confidence in the world now he's put himself onto the IBF rankings he's got the European lightweight title as a result of winning this fight against Vidal so now that puts him even higher up and gives him the opportunity to fight bigger fighters which I think he's obviously looking to do and that's nice to see that this is happening I think he'll definitely be pushed further up the card maybe in the next six months on a Frank Warren show because I think he'll start to become a little bit more of an attraction especially when he can put performances on like he did on Saturday night so I was impressed with his performance I thought it was really good uh, full marks to him for that I can't really say he put a foot too wrong in it I think Vidal was just too tough to be able to get out of there because no one has done it previous so fair play Mark Chamberlain you've done well my friend great victory for yourself hopefully that moves him forward in his career uh, other victories on the card was Mickey Burke over Serge Ambomo and then Henry Turner over Jacob Lakowski and Tommy Fletcher on his debut in his cruiserweight debut that was the other fight I did see as well Tommy Fletcher looked really really good I mean don't get me wrong 
His opponent was only 1-0 going into the fight. It was Tommy Fletcher's debut. But my word, he looks like a huge cruiserweight. Huge, huge cruiserweight. And I can't see him sticking around cruiserweight for too long. But this is a Mark Tibbs fighter. And with Mark Tibbs in his corner, I think he's going to do really, really well. And I'm really excited to see where his cruiserweight life takes him. Because I really do think he will be a force in this division. And that's only off seeing the one fight on the, on the professional stage. He has had a really extensive amateur career. I have seen him on the amateur scene. So I do know a little bit more about him than maybe what the average viewer to the sport does. So if you haven't seen any of Tommy's fights as an amateur, go and check him out on YouTube. I do think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And again, it's just testament to the amount of fantastic cruiserweights that the UK as a whole are bringing through at the moment. It is. And, and again, when you say about his size, he probably won't be sticking around the cruiserweight for too long. Saying that if he can maintain it and stay under the £200 limit, then absolutely he, he should continue in there and, and just uh, nurture his talent. As you said, and hopefully, you know, another cruiserweight for us to be keeping an eye out. But just a little word on Mark Chamberlain and Vidal fight. I thought Vidal was going sort of in the first round or first couple of rounds. Uh, Chamberlain was really banging away at him, wasn't he? So it is credit to Vidal, but that was a really good fight to watch. It was good fun. But Chamberlain, I, I suppose the one thing with him is I suppose when he hurt Vidal, he went for the he went for broke and tried to get rid of him. And Vidal just continually come forward. And, and Chamberlain, I did worry sort of halfway through the fight, oh God, is he going to start tiring here? Because he's throwing so many shots. He didn't need to. He could have just used his range and boxed a little bit more. But I think that's a learning curve for him. That's something he will gradually learn uh, at the more he goes through uh, in in this uh, in boxing. And obviously, ten and zero, it's a good little uh, a good win, a good mark on his record, good notch. So long might continue for Mark Chamberlain. But yeah, that was one of the most funnest fights for me this weekend. And really, that was all I tuned into over the past weekend. We did say it was going to be a slightly quieter weekend. There hasn't been any major, major news in the past couple of days since these fights have happened. So there isn't really much for us to, to update you on as such that you probably don't already know about. We're going to be back with another episode very shortly in the next 24 hours from you listening to this. A big fight preview for Chisora versus Pulev. Of course, we've got some thoughts, feelings and opinions on that particular fight. But I just wanted to use the last minute or two of the episode just to give our Legendary Night Season 3 a plug. It's just been released yesterday, Monday the 4th of July. The first episode, The Tale of Mora versus Foreman. If you haven't already subscribed to that podcast, please check us out at Legend Night Pod on Twitter and find us on any available podcasting app out there. Please subscribe. If you're on Apple, leave us a rating and review for that podcast. Lots of messages coming through already about that show. Thank you so much to everybody who has message and have said they've enjoyed it. That's just the opening episode and I really hope that you do enjoy the season that's about to be released over the next nine weeks. Please do make sure you keep up with it on social media. A big shout out to the patrons of the podcast for all your support. Thank you so much as always for supporting the network. We have 
We hope you have been enjoying early access to episodes. You've had the first three episodes of Legendary Night as part of being a patron to the membership service that we provide. And of course, you get ad-free episodes, all the available patron-only content that we've put out over the past 12 months. And if you're not a patron and you're interested in hearing more about that or maybe seeing more of what we actually do on the Patreon membership service, head over to patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast and you'll be able to find all the available membership services that we cover on there and in return obviously you get some great stuff so please do go and check us out if you are able to support us absolutely fantastic if you're not in that position to do so please make sure you're giving us a share across social media make sure you follow us on social media at btr boxing pod on twitter instagram facebook and youtube as well we're nearly at the 1000 subscriber mark so make sure if you haven't already subscribed just take a minute to do it or share it on your social media channels and get people to subscribe for us. As soon as we hit that 1,000 mark, we get into the coveted partner program, which is potentially for us another way in getting a revenue stream for the podcast. It's another way of being able to afford to be able to get all the research notes and everything that we do to put the series-based content together. So it is really important that you help us get to that point. So if you're not able to become a patron and support us that way, then please go on to YouTube and share it or subscribe to it if you haven't and that'll be another way of supporting us. That's it for this Big Fight Reaction show. We will be back very shortly with the Big Fight preview for Derek Chisora and Kubrat Prulev. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.